Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church with Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church, both in Utah with Michael Cooper from the Send Network, church planting support arm of the North American Mission Board and the Southern Baptist Convention. This is part two of our conversation with Michael Cooper. And if you missed the first one, you can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com or you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and catch the episode there. Michael, it is good to be uh, back together again with you today. Man, glad to be here. Well, last time we left off just talking about Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 in our Live Wise series on winning souls, the value of winning souls. And just naturally, that leads us to the, the, the issue of multiplication and church planting. Maybe for those who are listening now or who, who tuned in last time, there's this question, there's a stirring in their heart. I want to plant a church, or I think I want to be a part of a church planting team. I want to see the kingdom grow. I want to see souls won. I want to see people's lives change. I'll see the family of God get bigger mm-hmm. through the proclamation of the gospel, through the winning of souls, and through building up the church in that local church context. For that person who has that inkling, or or maybe they're already asking the questions of some of the right people, where does, a, where does a church planter really start to nail down that I am, I'm more than an evangelist in, in the responsibility of every believer? Um, I, I, I want to I do something more. I want to take a church or, or plant a church where there isn't one. I, I want to be a part of that work. Where does that person begin to really um, solidify that sense of calling? And then where do they go from there? Oh, man. I mean, typically that that journey, Keith, as both of you know, and normally doesn't happen happen in a moment. I right. mean, there there have been a few guys that I've talked to that have had, you know, this miraculous like God showing up in their lives and being like, "I need to plant a church," but but for most of them, it is this working it out mm. uh, over time. Right. You know, God's doing something in my life. And a lot of times it's hard for them to identify what it is that God is doing as they, they've explored and they've tried different things. And they've sought counsel. It's kind of this pinball, you know, sort of thing, because mm. it is church planting is a specialized call within a larger call. Yeah. And so you normally don't start off with, I became a Christian. What God wants me to do is start a church. <laughs> you know, nor- normally there's other things. There, there's evangelism. So normally whenever we see somebody that feels called to church planting, we see we look at their life and we see a pattern mm. that has taken place. We see somebody who's, who's won people to Christ, not once, but it's a regular part of their life that they're doing. We see this person who is discipling people, mm. um, and they're they're regularly discipling them. And oftentimes what we see taking place is they are – starting 
uh, that they may be entrepreneurial in the sense, and you can look back even to their childhood, and you can see somebody that has regularly been starting things since they were a, a kid. You know, they just didn't simply have a lemonade stand, but they started a franchise of lemonade stands, oh. and they developed their own <laughs> lemonade uh, formula, and they became a multimillionaire as a five-year-old. Wow. Uh, okay, maybe not to that extreme. Whose kid is that? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you do you do see the these tendencies that they just can't that God has created them not necessarily to be in and just be supportive of an organization, but there's something in them that gathers, creates, and organizes in a sense. Like one of the questions I love to ask, uh, you know, if they've been to college, you know, or if they played sports, like whenever you did intramural sports in college or you were part of sports programs, did you join a team or did you start a team? Mm. Um, now that's not necessarily a spiritual thing, but you're seeing just kind of how you're developed. Right. And then you look at from the larger perspective that typically that same person, they may be inside of a church, but whenever they're inside of a church, they just don't simply, you know, support the ministry, which is great. We need people to do that. And that's a tremendous value, but they keep starting their own ministries. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times whenever I talk to this church planner, he has this poor pastor, or these poor leaders above them there. So we have this guy in our church who's amazing. He's growing our church. He's starting programs, doing all these things. But man, yeah. <laughs> I can't, we can't control him. We right. can't contain him. Like, what do we do? And, you know, we start that conversation of of church planting. And I know, you know, Keith and, and, and Steve, like both of you guys can identify with this right. to some degree. Right. Yeah. You know, not that you guys were, you know, rebellious within your organizations, just the way that you're wired. And so then, you know, somebody oftentimes like me or another church planter, comes along and says, well, have you ever thought about right. this? And they start mm-hmm. painting this picture of what church planning can look like. And where there's been just wall after wall and restriction and difficulty, all of a sudden their eyes kind of become open to saying, right. wait a minute, whenever I was starting that lemonade stand back as a kid and started franchising it, God was yeah. preparing me to do this. Yeah, You know, I have been doing evangelism for years within the context of a local church and, you know, maybe maybe it just wasn't simply about this, but maybe I could start gathering these disciples just not to be part of a Bible study, but this Bible study could become a church. And then oftentimes as the pastor who's been leading this person starts to realize that they say, oh, thank goodness, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you, God is calling you out to do this. And yeah. all of a sudden there's just these almost like there's been just these barricades, blockades, and then all of a sudden there's open sea in front of yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. And they I, say, this is what God has designed you for. The, mm. And he gets confirmation from other people around him. And sometimes this can happen rapidly yeah. Yeah. where all of a sudden people around them say, wow, God has called you to do this. That's right. And you, you know, say, God has called me to do this. And they start sailing and using their gifts the way God designed them to be used. 100%, 100% wow. agree with that. And, you know, um, Keith, one of the things that we're doing at Redemption Hill, and and you know this, we're we're going to be praying for you and your team this Sunday and sending you out. This is your last last Sunday at Redemption Hill. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we do, like when you asked, where do we start? Um, you know, um, and, you know, Ephesians chapter four. Just listen to this for a second. Ephesians four four says, "There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call." One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father 
who was over all and through all and in all, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so one of the places that, that you know, as, as Redemption Hill starts to get its feet wet in church planting and helping support Riveter, R- R- River Community and coming alongside um, NAM and, and, and them, you know, investing in us and us in them and just this whole idea of wanting to impact an area for Christ, one of the places we start is, is do you understand you are a part of a bigger body. Yes. You are a one body and that there is one hope and that, listen, there is one call. And, and, and if you understand this, because, Michael, you witness this a lot, sometimes it takes a while to kind of weed through and discern the motives behind why people want to plant churches. Oftentimes right. it's, it's, there, there's, there's a lot of self in that, right? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And when there's self in that, you know, all the words sound good, but as things start to transpire, you start to notice, okay, whoa, do you understand that there's one body that's a part of the call and you're part of a bigger mission and the mission isn't to advance your cause. Now, that's not to say that that each local church doesn't have its own call and stuff like that, and it's it's, it's autonomous, you know, call and 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 what God wants for them. But you deal a lot with with motives of people and why they want to plant churches, and they absolutely and and, and, and they're really not advancing Christ's cause as much as they want a platform to exalt, you know, just kind of this self-aggrandizement, you know. And 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 the thing I like about this verse is it says. Um, where it talks about gifts were given to each one according uh, to what Christ gives. And Michael, not everybody is called to be a church planter, right? Absolutely. And how do you discern, how do you weed through that? Because you deal with that all the time. Absolutely. I mean, I have these conversations, you know, on a weekly, uh, monthly, if not daily basis sometimes, uh, you know, guys, coming to me and saying, I want to plant a church. I think this is what God's calling me to do. Um, I I think a lot of it is going back to looking at what is God already doing? Mm-hmm. What's already happening in your life? Like the, the thing, the number one thing that I push people away is whenever they tell me they want to start a church, but they can't tell me the, the how they're sharing the gospel. They can't point to people that they've led to Christ and they can't tell me who they're, who they're discipling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to start a church, like those needs to be things present because when you start a church, what else are you going to be doing? Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're not already doing those things, you know, then what else are you going to be doing? So, I mean, that's the number one thing. And, you know, from there it gets a little difficult and you were bringing up some great points about motivation. The motivation could be wrong, but that also doesn't mean that you're not called to do it. Right. Right. Um, that God isn't leading you towards church planting. It's one of those things where sometimes Satan you know, realizes that, you know, that you're going to expand the kingdom and he wants to derail you. Mm-hmm. And so he de- derails you with, you're going to try to prove something to maybe a, a pastor. You're going to try to do something better than he did it. Mm-hmm. Or you need to prove something to your mom or to yourself or, uh, you know, there's a rebellious heart or attitude mm-hmm. in it. Would you say the timing of the call then is as important as the call? Like if you're called to do something, what about the timing of, of, of that? Oh, man. Yeah, we spend a lot of time in the Sin Network trying to slow guys down. <laughs> you guys laugh because you've, you've been through some of our processes. Yeah. Um, we, we, we spend a lot of time uh, trying trying to, to slow guys down. And uh, there's a confirmation aspect to it. There have been uh, a lot of guys that I've met that said, I want to start a church. And I've kind of forgotten about him because you talked to him. The timing wasn't right. The mm-hmm. call was there. They knew this was what God was going to do, but the timing wasn't there. And then it's two, three, four years later, 
they're back on my radar and like we're ready to go. Wow. And God had been working on their lives. And sometimes that's developing the other people around them mm-hmm. or developing their skills. You know, sometimes there's right. some training and some development that yeah. they need to go through. And you know, we do an assessment process. And whenever we assess somebody, we look at all these different elements. We look at your marriage. We look at your financial situation. And sometimes we are not going to endorse you uh, to plant. Everything else can be there unless your marriage is in a healthy enough place in order to be able to do a church plant. Yeah, that's all very good things. I think one of the things that I've seen, and you talked about it in our previous episode, is the importance of brotherhood, the importance of fellowship, and the accountability that goes with that because you have people in your life who know you well enough that if you say, hey, I really think this, and they're going to be like, well, we don't see that. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. the wise man, the wise church planter at heart is going to say, oh, well, I need to do something about that. I need to develop that. I need to grow in that. Or I need to get networked with people who are going to help me put together a team of people who are going to complement in the areas where I lack. And so it's so important to have that that process that you're talking about, no matter where, you know, what network a person's associated with, to have that accountability, that brotherhood, that relationship, and to be teachable to say, I am willing to learn and even to wait if necessary to fulfill my calling. Right. So you'll send shouts of grace. This is Pastor Steve, Pastor Keith, and Michael Cooper with Ascend Network. Uh, we'll talk to you some more after the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Okay, so we're talking about church planting. I'm excited about what God is doing in Utah, but I think it's also it, it's something that's happening across the country and around Absolutely. the world. There is this awakening and this sense of of, of passion to see lost people groups um, brought to to saving faith in Jesus Christ, but also to see areas that were once strongholds for the faith. Mm-hmm. be recaptured, revitalized, so to speak. And sometimes that's done through literal revitalization of churches, and sometimes that is just the planting new seeds, you know, right. new churches and how a new church plant will excite other churches to become more outward focused. We're, we actually have some partnerships with several local churches, and as we launch River Community Church, we're going to be meeting in another church. And this <laughs> church awesome. actually has a heart for church planting they just don't see themselves ready to be the the sending church, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They they've got their own plan and their own process, and and God just brought us together, and so now they get to partner in church planting, and we it. get to see a church um, that's mature and that has some things that we can learn from. We get to see them and watch them and learn from them as well, mm. and 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 that's one of the things that I think a lot of people forget about is you cannot do this by yourself and you cannot rely simply on your own gut, you know, to say, well, I'm ready and I'm equipped and I know how to do this. And the value of a church planting network, of an assessment process, of partnership with other churches cannot be overstated. If you have a heart to plant a church and you're unwilling to do it with other people, Mm -hmm. speaking into your life, providing accountability and Mm -hmm. even correction when necessary, I'm going to just warn you right now, 
don't plant the church. That's yeah. right. Don't go down that road yet until you know you have a network of people that are going to have your back, be honest with you, and they're going to rejoice with you, and they're going to cry with you through the That's whole right. process. Can, can I switch gears here for a second, but stay on the same thread? Is you know we're talking about church planters, but you know w- within a church plant, and I'm and I'm speaking from experience now, <laughs> living experience as we talk. Within a church plant, there are needs that need to be met, and mm. so when we talk about like we we had, we had uh, read that verse in Ephesians chapter four. Um, just right after that verse um, that we read, it says that that he who he who descended also ascended, and he gave gifts to men, and it says, right. and he gave some to be some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be um, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints. And and I think one of the key things within a you know when you're assessing whether you're going to be a church planter or part of the church plant is where mm. do you fit? What what is your gift? Right? Because because Here's the reality, you know, Michael, a church plant is like shifting sand. It's just, it's just always moving. I mean, That's it's right always, way to put it. it's always moving right? beneath your feet. Just when you think there's some stability, something turns over, you use a worship leader, you use your, pat, your, your children's ministry. It's just always moving. And here's what happens is a lot of times people come to a church plant with the expectation of a mature church and all that it has to offer. And they judge the, the, the effectiveness of that church plant, not based on what they can help help build but based on what's already built mm-hmm. and 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 that can become a frustrating process for a lot of people mm-hmm. and so my encouragement as a, as a church planter in those initial stages is look if you go and you want to be a part of a church plant please understand you got a gift and you got something to help build That's that right. you know and and we would encourage you to not think of yourself as someone who just simply sits on the sidelines and, you know, this is what I want, this is what I want, but find out what your gift is because he who ascend, descended also ascended and he gave you something and right. you can be a huge benefit to a very unstable environment by nature. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just that way. And so we want to encourage you, find your gift and plug into that plant. You will be a huge blessing. Yeah, and especially one of the things I hear a lot of the guys complain about are mature Christians that come into the church plant. Um, and there's even some people out there that will say, you know, be careful <laughs> of mature Christians coming right. to the church plant. And I think it's largely because I think you hit the nail on the head uh, that the church plant is on mission. That's right. And sometimes Christians, we go to churches and those churches, you know, over time can become more of a country club, a little bit more insulated. Mm. They don't have this need. But a church plant, for it to be able to survive – if if, it, if the church plant is not part of the Great Commission, is not functioning on all cylinders, um, with everybody in the church having a role, having a function, that church plant doesn't only not serve, not thrive, but that church plant dies. Yeah. And you can be part of sometimes an established church that has a building, has some assets, has some resources, has some you know generational long-term member-type families mm. that maybe can become unhealthy mm. but can continue to survive. But in a church plant— you know, somebody that comes from another church, they come and they evaluate the same way they maybe evaluate the church they came from, mm. but now they're into a church plant, mm. and you need everybody evangelizing. That's, That's right. right. You need everybody using their, their giftings. There is no come and sit and hang out. If That's you're telling right. me that you're a Christian and that God's gifted you— Bring it. We got— <laughs> Yeah. We, 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 we need you because, I mean, 
a lot of times that the church plant may only be a week or two a month away from from dying if mm, yeah if you're not doing the things so if you want to be part of a church plant don't show up thinking well I'm going to show up because they have cooler music you know this pastor has the best jeans in town and I just you know, or in Pastor Steve's case, he might use a tank top. Right, right. Um, <laughs> that's not fair. That that, that, that morning to, to, to preach, and so, you know, that's where I want to go. That wasn't fair, but, but it is true. I mean, Steve, Steve is, is, is looking good in his tank I top not, this morning with his biceps bulging. I would bulging. not show. Keith, you testify, I've never shown up to church in a tank top you, in a year and a half. have never once worn a tank so, top So, so don't come to Redemption Hill Sunday expecting to see Steve in yes. a tank top. But – you know, we come there sometimes because there's a novelty factor That's in a church right. plant, but you need to understand in a church plant, it is on mission. It's not just simply there, you know, taking up space, That's but right. in order for them to accomplish what is that God's called them to accomplish and even to survive and exist, it takes every single person that and, comes in touch with it to work. And Keith, wouldn't you, would it, piggybacking off of what Michael said, wouldn't you agree that, that one of the, one of the, just the, the things about a church plant is it's just it, p- people want to see new and yes. fresh moves of yes. God, and it's not saying that that the established church is is not seeking God and not it's ministering, but but there's something about a fresh new frontier for the gospel, reaching mm-hmm. and tapping into untapped resources, and and just seeing that that just that vulnerability of people as they lay it all out there in faith, not knowing what's around the corner. Like, uh, well, we're going to sink or swim. We, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Talk talk about that before we close. Just yeah. the, the excitement that a church plant offers. I think the the thing that we've been experiencing, we gained it in our time with you, and we're now seeing it again here in in West Jordan with River. Is we're seeing people excited about telling somebody who doesn't go to church that there's a church they would like them to visit, right? And there's people who have not shared their faith with somebody in a long time who are now telling stories. Well, I took one of those little cards that you gave us that have just a short presentation of the gospel, and I gave it to somebody, and we talked about Jesus. And and there's a this personal revival that takes place that the church planter in some ways gets to experience, but boy, it is incredible to watch believers who are mm-hmm. on the team who've been walking with the Lord or people who say, yeah, I, I am looking for something new, and they don't quite know what they're looking for, and they realize it really is just going back to the basics of being a disciple, that Jesus changed my life and and it he means so much to me and the gospel is real and life is hard but this faith is what keeps me going this relationship i have with him and i just want other people to know that i think that's to me what i see in in church planting is it is it it encourages it excites it, it it's even like what it, uh, the niv uses this term in hebrews where it says that we're to gather together mm-hmm. and we're to spur one another on to love and good works like there's just this holy poke, you know, by the spurs <laughs> that says, go get them for Jesus. And, yeah. and that's what I love about church planting. Can, oh, can I add something real quick? I absolutely. know you want to end, but I want to throw in there, and this may be for another session, but the existing church can be part of this too. Amen. Yes. Whenever they take their best leaders, their givers, mm-hmm. and they encourage them to go be part of a church plant. Oh, must be a part of it. All these, things, <laughs> all these things that you're talking about that exist within a church plant all of a sudden also get transferred to the existing church. That's right. And the sphere and the struggles and the excitement of seeing what God's going to do 
happens for the existing church also. And it, and, and I can tell you, we have partner churches, Keith, yes. that are in other parts of the country, and they are spurred on and excited when yes. we send them updates and say, here's what God is doing. They're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in this with them, you know, and, and, and I know Redemption Hill is, is feeling the same way about River, yeah. River communities. So. Yeah, we're excited. Well, this is about all the time we have for today's episode of Shouts of Grace. We've had Michael Cooper from the Send Network, uh, Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill, and Pastor Keith Radke from River Community Church. If there's any way we can encourage you and be a support to you in the area of church planting, go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and contact us there. And we would love to network with you. Uh, with you. Um, if you're in Utah, we know people. If, <laughs> if, if you're not in Utah, Michael Cooper knows people. Absolutely. And we will get you connected. So thank you so much for being with us on today's broadcast. We look forward to being with you next time. Again, if you missed the last episode, go to Shouts of Grace Radio or look it up on iTunes and get the latest episode. God bless you. God bless. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.